Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route to the program where we gather every day at this time. Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Did I hear a little whiff of moisture in your backyard last night? Just a skoosh. Uh, it's the side of the pickups kind of splattered with wet snow and, and the sidewalk is almost covered. So that's about as big a storm as we've had all winter. <laughs> I guess, that's okay. It's I, moisture. I guess you don't want to hear me talking about or whining about three inches on Saturday of rain, not snow. How are you guys ever going to get your crops in the field if it keeps doing that? We're not. We can't because we're all my, my, my. we're all self-isolated, so we can't put crops in the field. Well, I've been self-isolated for about 35 <laughs> years. I seem to manage to get by. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did a video, uh, well, Loose from the Hip, which I do typically every day, and... Uh, I had a couple of people come at me pretty hard. I thought there'd be a whole bunch, but I'm beginning to think that folks in the medical community need to go to a local animal farm so they get a better understanding of how a virus works. Hank, this whole deal about flattening the curve, it doesn't mean we eliminate the virus. What it means is that we take twice as long, probably three times longer, to expose everybody and get over it. A virus has to run its course, period. Yeah. Uh, you ought to try and get food for 19 people. No, I don't really uh, think. I have no desire. I never woke up one morning and said, boy, I wish 19 people were dependent upon me to feed them today. Well, that's the, <laughs> any way you look at it, that's what I'm stuck with. It took me three days. And, and here's my observation. There's, a, there's something going on. The larger cities are being catered to. The one particular uh, store, wholesale store I went to in Las Vegas, there was everything in there was just packed with food. I mean, there, and there was a variety. It wasn't. It was there. But they wouldn't give you a flat car. And when you'd say, I need a flat car, they'd say, no, you can't have one. I go, I got to feed 19 people. Doesn't matter to them. So then... I got my wife, who has a Costco uh, card to this particular establishment, Costco, and they would not let us put food on hers and take a, two what, buggies. I mean, everything what, we did. What's a flat car? They're uh, they're kind of a push cart. They're not a they're not just your laundry basket type thing. It's a oh. it's a big old flat car that you can push through and actually stack some food on there. Okay, canned goods, anything. Yeah. So. Anyhow, so they spent more time taking away two gallons of cooking oil away from us than if they had just sold them to us and let us out the door. And so we had to, we tried to go to a second Costco. Well, the cops were there, and there'd obviously been a fist fight. So it was that was insane. So standing in the third line. I got my stepson with me and my wife. We're both over 60, so we qualify. So he isn't. <laughs> and I go, hey, lady, he's with us. We're trying to get enough groceries to feed our men. And I pulled out this coupon I got for 1000 bucks as a reward deal 
for buying groceries. I says, I buy $3,000, $4,000 worth of groceries here every month somewhere at some one of these institutions. Let me, you know, it's just, it was a continual hassle. But I think people have finally filled up. They're, the lines when we come out of the place were down. So, anyhow. But they're still rationing what they sell is what you're telling me. Yeah, and and they had a list of things that they were out, which was fine. You know, I I bought a brand new Ford F three fifty pickup from uh, Elko. I called up and said I got two bottles of hand sanitizer and ten rolls of toilet paper. What do you say? And they said twenty rolls of toilet paper and you're in. Yeah. So there. What, co- <laughs> what color is the pickup? White. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know if it if something doesn't change this week. It's I think it's going to get ugly. We'll, we'll see. If for anybody out there, if you if you have a, a restaurant service industry, somebody who has a that delivers to restaurants, they got food out the wazoo. Uh, I found a, one in Elko. They they don't have everything, but if they're basically distributors to restaurants the restaurants are closed in mm-hmm. nevada but uh, i think and, well and i went to i think restaurants are closed food. nationwide other than takeout and uh drive through yeah so a whole bunch of the places that cater to those restaurants are a washing food and and so i got food there i had a friend go into the uh, establishment in Twin Falls every day and get what he could get and and then I went uh day before yesterday to his house uh and he had a whole garage full of stuff for me so I'm 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 buff now I'm stocked up I got everything here you it, you act like you're addicted to food you get all these people out trying to back black market and backdoor this food supply Okay, I'm 51 miles through town. These boys can't even go home. You, they won't fly you know what? You know the problem is you fit the perfect profile for a hoarder because who comes in to buy enough food for 20 people? Well, when you have 20 people on the payroll, you buy food for 20 people. I didn't even count the wife. I didn't count myself. It's 23, 22 if, if I count everybody. I'm not a hoarder. I, yeah, that's what I, I, I understand I'm not you're not a hoarder, but you fit the profile for a hoarder. So you are being penalized. <laughs> okay, so I pull out the, the ticket. You know how many much food you to have a coupon? Yeah, I, uh, I'm figuring your quite a bit. I'm figuring quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now the lady, the, the supervisor that's taken away two gallons of cooking oil from me. <laughs> Well, everybody has to eat just as snotty as she could be. And I said, lady, I said, you ever see one of these coupons in this place? I said, I buy a lot of food. Yeah, I got to eat too. I told we were kind of having a ranch meeting as he's unloading the groceries. And Andreas is a great big kid. I mean, he's he probably weighs 230, 240, and strong as an ox. And I said, okay, Andreas, if this thing gets bad, you do realize we're eating you first. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Poor old Leo's skinny. I said, Leo, he's, he's last. <laughs> he's last. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. My observations are this. Nobody has lactose intolerance anymore. <laughs> Nobody has any problem with eating with bread or anything else. Oh, People funny. came over to Ely from Las Vegas. People came to Ely from Salt Lake City and wiped out the food supply. In McGill, Nevada, there's a sign on the door that says, if you're not from McGill, don't come in. Really? Yeah, we got to talk about yes. that, but I don't want to open that can of worms yeah mcgill is what 120 people oh i think there's a few more than that but i mean they're not very i mean there's nothing there it was just the old company town for kennecott copper and <laughs> what's left of it there, there's a one saloon and and uh a grocery store i think yeah that's about it gas station all right i gotta talk to you about ely nevada when we come back but i don't want to bring it up right now because i'm up against the clock i do want to remind you about the certified piedmontese now on friday i was spouting off this always happens when you get spouting off about something you get egg on your face we have lund creek cattle company has postponed that bull sale april 18th do not come to broken bow nebraska unless you call me we'll get together and have a picnic <laughs> <laughs> this should be really good for the picnic season. More details about seriously getting involved in adding value to your beef operation at LungCreekCattleCo.com. The certified Piedmontese bona fide value added program will put $180 per head more in your pocket. Details once again, LungCreekCattleCo.com. More Hank Mugler and Royal Route at Relief. Cows are not destroying the environment. <laughs> Pigs are not polluting the water. With many people on social media spreading lies about what we do in agriculture, I had to stand up. I had to stand up and tell our story. I had to try to educate people about how farmers and ranchers take care of not just animals, but the land, water, and resources that we need to raise the animals. I had to tell them how we work with veterinarians and nutritionists and meat scientists to develop the best tasting, healthiest meat you can find. If you join 4-H, you too can learn about the science and technology of agriculture. You will also learn how to speak up for what you believe. Being a leader means standing up for all that matters. Learn more about the Nebraska Extension 4-H Youth Development Program at 4-h.unl.edu. Welcome back to Rural Route, Trent Luce, alongside Hank Vogler. Well-stocked now. He's got a supply of food for at least three weeks. He's not a hoarder. He's just trying to feed 22 people. Um, I was going to ask you about this, but our your best fan, Trent Fleming, Memphis, Tennessee, <clears throat> sent me, excuse me, sent me a reminder, said, Trent, you got to ask Hank about this. Were you involved in the manhunt in Ely, or what did you do out there? Oh, uh. I was coming home and realizing I've been standing in line for three days in Las Vegas. <laughs> Can't get, get your cooking oil. <laughs> for cooking oil, I get out of McGill, and the cars are backed up all the way to McGill and at, from Duck Creek Turnoff, which has got to be, I don't know, five miles. 
So uh, there's a road, the old highway, everybody calls it the drunk road. Because when the drunks are sneaking home from the saloon in McGill, they take the old highway. So, and one of them's name was Rocky, but there was already a candy bar named Rocky Road. So we didn't call it that anymore. But anyhow, I take the old highway and I drive past the line of traffic. And all of a sudden, this car takes off, blue van, and it follows me to every place I could have came back onto the real highway. And then I turned off at Shelburne and went up the hill. And I thought, wow, that must be a pretty serious car wreck. Well, then I, I checked my email. Every neighbor, God love him, has called me. This guy has shot a state policeman. And it, it wasn't a traffic stop. It wasn't an anger situation. I guess in the cop cars, they got a deal that says, uh, you know, why the cop stopped the guy. And they've got a camera so they can kind of, you know. Anyhow, this guy was living in a mine shaft or a cave or something up at Ruth, Nevada. He'd had a squabble over some property sold. So he, he'd got in a lawsuit. He was mad about that. They think he went to Wells. Well, anyhow, uh, all kinds of legends going on now. But what we do know is right where we dock lambs every spring, right at the same gravel pit, this guy has pulled over alongside the road. And the state policeman had in a pickup. So he's the guy that stops trucks. He stopped behind him. Uh, distressed motorists is what I guess they, the, the signal was back to the headquarters. He gets out. This guy, I, I don't know if there's an argument what happened, but he kills the state policeman. Takes his uniform off. No. He's got bomb no, material. No. Yes. 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 He's got bomb material or bombs in this car. I don't know if he put the state policeman inside the car, 47 years old, four kids, grandkids. Oh, man. And anyhow, he sets the car on fire, and I think the officer was in the car. Don't quote me on that one. That's just what the neighbors that were watching through binoculars. Anyhow, he torches the car, takes off across country, heading west. He gets he tries to go up Ordoki Canyon. There's water over the road, muddy. Why he why those Lear kids didn't get shot, God only knows. God love them. They but anyhow he What do you mean the Lear kids? What what happened there? Well, they, that's their property over there, oh, okay. and they were over there. And, and so one of them's in front of him, the state cop, and the one behind him calls his brother on the phone and says, what the heck's going on? There's a state cop over here coming right up the road. And then this guy gets to this water part, turn, I guess, turns around, goes back, goes out through the brush around the other kid. You know, I mean, when you see a state cop pull him off the road out in the sagebrush, right. well, then he drives off two or three canyons, and they pinned him down over there, and the guy throws up his hands and, you know, <clears throat> just complete, absolutely cheese fell off this guy's cracker. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And now we're, he'll probably, he's 65 years old. He'll probably live for 30 years. We'll right. have to feed him, you know. It, it's too bad. Uh, I mean... I don't care how this sounds. It's too bad he didn't draw on those last guys. Well, yeah. That, that is one thing, folks. If you want to come out here and do something stupid, here's your choices. Will the man return fire with a shotgun, a rifle, or a pistol? 
because uh, out here where we live, all weapons are loaded, you know, because an unloaded weapon is a club. So, you <laughs> know, and, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think you want to mess around with rural folks. I just think it was a nice time to have a trial right then and there. Well, they had the they had the SWAT team on the way in a helicopter, but the SWAT team's over in uh, like Reno or Yarrington or it's on the west side of the state, and so they were flying them over. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he surrendered, but they returned fire both ways. But I mean. Uh, Did you, you jumped in your brand new. You. you jumped in your brand new pickup and tried to chase him down through the sagebrush. I, I thought there was a wreck, Trent. So it was all done by the it time says you got back. Closed. It doesn't say we're having a shootout on the highway. <laughs> it says highways closed. Filming at seven. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, got it. But anyhow, they had the highway closed down all day Saturday. I took off and went to Twin Falls to my friend's house to get the groceries out of his garage. And when I came back, it was the highway was open. Leo had gone to Elko to get a radiator and an oil cooler for the for the scraper. And he tried to get over Seeker Pass, tried to get through Wells. He wound up in Wendover. They had all the highways blocked for like 24 hours. So you can imagine the line of traffic heading oh, north man. when I came back was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. bumper to bumper. And, and for people that don't know the country, Secret Pass to Wells is, what, 60 miles? Yeah. And Wendover is 150 miles. So it's not like you're just going yeah. 5, 10 miles out of your way. You're going 100-plus miles times two out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but again, and then of course the casinos, everything are shut down. Uh, but Leo did find a motel to stay in for the night. I mean, it's just... <laughs> uh, I, I hate to keep belaboring this food acquisition story, but you've just told us yes. that this week you went to Vegas to get groceries, and you went to Twin Falls to get groceries I, again. Twice. I'm just trying to do geography for people. You're 350 miles from Vegas, right? Right. And it's got to be 250 to Twin Falls? Yeah. Uh, okay, 378 to Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, 230 to Twin Falls. Okay. 160 to Elko. Right. And you, you, just to get groceries, how many miles did you drive this week? I don't want to talk <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing a little quick quick math. It be seven eleven. It's seventeen hundred. Fifteen hundred miles. I yeah, <laughs> just to get groceries. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. There's, I mean, Hank, yeah. Hank, don't you know they deliver now? Order them online. I have I have tried that twice, and when you put in your address. That just instantly, I mean, faster than you can get the 89301 in, it comes over like, we do not deliver to that zip code. <laughs> you bet I'd have, you bet I'd deliver online. I mean, they could bring a pretty good sized truck out here if they'd bring it. <laughs> well, you could br- the whole UPS truck would be your stuff. Shanann would jump out of the truck with a 357 and cap me right there if I did that. <laughs> you surely get UPS deliveries, though. 
Yeah, Shanann's the driver. I've known Shanann. her since she was in high school. She's she's Julia Nordoki's granddaughter. And and uh, <laughs> anyhow, not only is she quite attractive, she's quite athletic. And, oh, and sure okay, would... Hank. Now you got to be more strategic. You don't want to order this ah. all at one time. You want to order seven days a week. I think Shanann would still shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> Shanann would know. You... lots of times... Shenan would know your shenanigans. If I'm the last guy on the UPS line, she'll call me and say, are you going to town today? And if I'm going to town, she'll catch me along 93 sure. going to town. And and then she doesn't have to come up over the pass. Yeah, so, I can but imagine. if she has to go on to Baker, well, then it's no problem. I don't, I don't enjoy going over the pass pulling a trailer one day a year. I can imagine she would not like that in that truck ever. Hey. Let me tell you about the competitor. Uh, hey, I'll never, ever no, because I hate no, your guts. No, no, you can do that. They won't even come no. over here. Uh, you gotta go. <clears throat> you gotta go over the others to Shelbourne. No, they just they they send it back as non-deliverable. No, Tuesday, they do not. They do I've not. I've got medicine coming Tuesday. I've got medicine coming. They're bringing it from Fallon, Nevada, which is what yeah. three fifty. Yeah, yeah, they're going to bring it over here because the people that they deal with, and I'll never ever mention their name FedEx ever as long as I live. <laughs> they won't come over here. You got to tell Lucy quit using FedEx. We got to go to a break. All American Beef Battalion saying thank you to our troops. That's what we do, and we do it one beef ribeye at a time. We'll take a break. Hey, steaksfortroops.com to get involved in that tremendous endeavor. April 26th. Can you believe this? It'll be uh, 12. This is our coming on our 13th year. More details at stakesfortroops.com. Second half of Roll Route after this. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler taking time out from acquiring groceries to feed the men to join us on the air. We appreciate that, Hank. At least you don't schedule groceries on Monday. <laughs> and the greatest thing of all is the meat case. Yeah. I'm so proud of the American people. The meat case is bare Empty. as a bird's bottom. Yeah. <laughs> well. So at least people may one day appreciate the fact that the food is there. Now, because of the demand is so high at these grocery stores, there's no variety. There, there's no, you know, all. It's just, I mean, that guy was just handing the hamburger out as fast as he could get it through the window. It never hit the I heard, case. I it heard went straight it, into somebody's buggy. Last week, Hank, I heard I, about hamburger at twelve dollars a pound. Well, and. And the the packing houses look at the percent of their profits are skyrocketing. What's the deal with the price of livestock on the hoof falling in the toilet? Yeah, well, there's got to be somebody answer for that. JBS Swift last week you're referring to announced returns of three hundred up three hundred and thirty five percent. Packer margins north of six hundred dollars a head, and the cattle producer is going broke. Yeah. yeah, there needs to be a coming to Jesus somewhere here. And I, I wish I uh, knew yeah, the answer. Is... Everybody's yammering about the problem. I don't yet hear anybody really talking about the answer. Yeah. Well, uh, 
at some point in time, somebody's got to somebody's got to say, well, "Wait a minute! I thought they had a machine in the back of the Piggly Wiggly that made that hamburger, and and that's where it came. And now all, there's no more out there. Well, what happened? Because I yeah, uh, this we should not take advantage of a crisis like this." Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, one political party seems to be doing, we should not be taking advantage of this. We should be doing our best to help everybody, but we should at least have because we have a big piece of skin in the game. We should have some balance, and this is not correct. This is yeah. this is wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, okay, but you didn't help. I said we need somebody generating the solution. I don't have it. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure that it's government oversight because that never works. So what is the solution? I, I guess let it run its course and and uh, like a virus. Uh, the price. <laughs> yep, you got it. You got it. Hey, you know what? They've got it. They found a cure for it. I know. They're gonna they're gonna postpone the election for four years, and Trump's gonna be the president for four years, and yeah, and it, and it's cured. Uh, That's all I, there is to it. But I got to tell you, I'm not happy with him at this moment either. Um, and I realize no. we, don't, we don't have an option. But, uh, you know, he signed that stimulus package Friday. And I don't want to belabor the point because I did an entire program on it Friday. But do you know what's all in that, Hank? Well, uh, yeah, public broadcast radio uh stuff for the arts and humanities, you know, just a whole bunch of things that are really related to the coronavirus. The Kennedy Center got hundreds of millions of dollars, and the same day they got it, they announced layoffs of people that work there. Yeah. There's a stimulus package for you. I'll I'll make a prediction. I I don't make any predictions, but what's the – it, what's the guy that Fred Okumo or what's his name? The guy in New York, he's running for he the, the brokered Democratic convention. He's running for the office of the presidency right now, and and all the the the, the swampy news media has him on every day, showing him pushing the envelope, and then they don't even show Trump who's up day and night trying to get something done. And I, and yes, that stimulus package, I'm all for helping the people. I'm all for helping the wage earners, the small businesses, all of that. But all the rest of that crap that was stuffed yeah. in there, uh-uh. and, and I think and, the American people know that. And by the way, uh, not one single senator nor House of Representatives voted against it. So we can't blame everything on Trump. And, and no. I, re- I realize it's no. a little hard for him to veto something when 100% of the voting elected officials vote for it because they did a unanimous consent vote without actually an individual vote. One representative from Kentucky, Thomas Massey, stood up and said, I think we should have a vote on the record. And he got shamed into shut up, shutting up. So there was no chance yep. of a veto working. But at some point, folks, we talk about giving everybody $1,200. If you look at the total package at this moment, which they're talking about doubling it, it's $6,666 per person. That includes your kid. That means that the average household is getting $20,000 out of this. Not, no, I didn't just say that. It cost the average household $20,000. That's what I'm saying. And the person's only going to get 1200 
and you and I aren't going to qualify, Hank. Not that I would. Uh, actually, I had a thought was a pretty clever statement. Somebody said something about, oh, when I get my $1,200, I said, when I get my $1,200, which will never happen, I'm going to buy a, an official that actually, I want to buy a public official that actually does want a conservative government. We do not have a taxing problem. We have a spending problem. Bingo. And at some point in time, there is going to be some inflation. And yeah, nobody wanted any their fingerprints on that gun. I yeah. mean, they did uh, not want. Right. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. It, yeah. I, I've, I, you know, we have got to do something as a, as a, as a people mm. of the people. <clears throat> yeah. But if you actually, I mean, just, just right now, I'm going to get plenty of hate mail. You're part of that problem. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't think people understand the, the per debt per person is going up by $400 million a year the way it was. Now look at what it's going to do. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, Zimbabwe did, prints trillion-dollar bills. We're close. Well, you know just wait till you go into. I don't even know what a trillion is. Well, you wait till you start going in to buy a, uh, a, a pickup not, or a I'm, washing machine and you get I'm your trillion-dollar bills out to pay for it. I'm not buying a trillion dollar pickup. I'm telling you right now. I don't well, even buy. A, I don't even buy a fifty thousand dollar pickup. Just so you know. Well, hang on, it's coming. Yeah, it's called inflation. I'll I'll run and around behind you and pick up the ones you're tired of. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I wouldn't do that. They haul them right straight to the boat. <laughs> <dump. laughs> <laughs> My friend tells me, "Don't bring them up here." You take him to the dump yourself. So we scrap him out now. He won't even take me. So I'll give you, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Leave the dang thing at your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you this without adding any uh, exposure to something that is, doesn't appear to be what it is. A friend of mine in uh, UK sent a video that was on Twitter, with no verification whatsoever of ha- things happening in China that were just very alarming. You have in-laws in China. Are you hearing anything new about what's going on with government? Uh, <laughs> my mother-in-law said, you get some airline tickets and you move over here. We only had 15 cases in Chengdu. <laughs> get out of America because it's all so blown up on the news about the what's going on with the corona. Yeah, so well. She wants us to move to China. I, but other than that, not a word. What? What's this? What's? The I, I'm not going to say. I, I'm not going to say, Hank, because I don't want to perpetuate something that's not real. But it's pretty scary. But you, I, there's no verification of what it is. It's just it's made to be somebody filming something secretly and posting it. All I can tell you is, I have no faith in the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. They're communists. They are scared to death. You know, Mao killed fifty. 30 whatever million people in the 50s and and everybody well, there's a lot of people alive that counting the that. starvations they're they're attributing him to 100 million well that's through his entire career but just these different uh, right. re, re five year plans or whatever they were there's two chinas the chinese people are just tickled to death with the freedoms that dong chaoping gave them and 
let the genie out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. And then there's the communist government that's trying to protect themselves because they're, if you don't start out in the Communist Party when you're a kid, you'll never get through it. It's like a union, and they work their way up to the top. And now Chi is trying to get back to being Mao, and it is not going to work. That country, I'm uh, the people there want capitalism. They live with capitalism. They, black market is everywhere. And that's why he did that deal where he was shutting down certain business that he didn't think were following party line. I mean, there's more turmoil there than you can imagine, but it's sort of like silent coup or silent silent uh, protest. Uh, they, you just when you run into the government over there, you just mm-hmm. go around it, or well, I guess can't do that and go the other way. They don't have any way to defend themselves, boys and girls. Second Amendment is why this country is still the country it is. Yeah. Well, They're scared we, of us. We have people in the said party earlier mentioned that are trying to eliminate that Second Amendment opportunity during this crisis as well. I fully believe that's a strategy. You bet it is. You, you, you got <laughs> Look at the people in Venezuela. They took their guns away from them, and they're eating out of garbage trucks. Yeah. So if you want to stay in power, you cannot have a bunch of people that can defend themselves out there. Well, yes, maybe the military does have more sophisticated weaponry, but you gotta you've gotta go through an awful lot of people. And gun sales are up four hundred percent. Well it's you know? a reason. But yeah. I have to remind you that I was uh, coming home from your place one year outside of Salt Lake City in a truck stop, and I met two young ladies that were making their way from Oregon to Pennsylvania, living out of eating out of garbage cans and and uh, what people threw away. They <clears throat> they said the best food was behind the Walmart stores. Well, okay. Uh, I know of a guy in Las Vegas <laughs> that raises hogs on the yeah. On the well, that makes out of that makes casinos. sense. That makes sense. We got to go to a well, break. We will take a break. We'll be back. Maybe we'll talk about hogs. Uh, by the way, those hogs must be getting hungry right now. We'll pick it up and we'll yes, talk about Yes, they are. Yeah, we, that's exactly what we'll do when we get back. But speaking of hogs, let me remind you that this is show pig season. I posted a tremendous number of pictures over the weekend. I have not only pigs available, I have gilts ready for breeding, and I have bread gilts, and Hank Vogler, I have pork chops. I could have been your source. You drove 1,700 miles. Do you know you could have been to my place? Get more details I about what, five hogs. what we're not for me, what we're doing with Team Loose at Team Loose on Facebook. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the final segment. Talk more about pigs. You know how often Hank Bogos talked about pigs in 18 years? We're about to double that time right now after this. Welcome back to Rural Route. Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler checking in North Spring Valley, Nevada. Uh, you mentioned the individual, I can't think of his name, you know him, that uh, feeds pigs with the casino byproducts. How, what's he feeding his pigs? I, I, I drove by his place coming home Friday, and I, and I called the phone, and, and uh, I got his answering machine. But I, I said, Hank, that, oh, that's the only reason I know his name. Hank. His name Hank Coombs. And his dad's name's Bob. <laughs> and so I can remember that. Anyhow, 
uh, I said, my gosh, this must be a travesty for you. What are you, or have you had to haul in food to feed your pigs? And I haven't heard back from him. So they got to be busier than busy. I mean, you mm. talk about slamming the door on a, a business. That's a story worth digging up right there. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a, he's got a serious operation. He brings that uh, casino, what's left over at the casino, cooks it and feeds it to pigs and had a very viable business. But for years, they've yeah. been, I think Bob's been there since the 50s. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what happened to him. The town moved out around his hog farm and people kept complaining. So he sold and obviously was handsomely rewarded. And uh, now he's out there uh, out of town. Yeah, with his hog farm, so yeah, so it's all a brand new facility. You know, I mean, everybody's going to survive. That's the deal. It's the apprehension, and then if you have to go through the bureaucracy, you know, I'm short men. I've got some of my key men still stuck down in Peru and Chile, only because the government, our government, the swampies, will not change their pattern. Oh, they got all this stuff up in the front window saying, "Yeah, this H2A program, we're pushing the envelope here." Well, no, they're not. I know they're not. Nobody's doing anything. They're, it's all smoke and mirrors. We got to do something. It, you know, it's not just me out here in the middle of nowhere. There's got to be people all over the country, trying, especially in Texas and Florida and California, trying to harvest crops to feed people, and they can't get anybody to work for them, even with the big layoff. Yeah, I sent you a press release from Friday where uh, Secretary Purdue was talking about what they're doing to fix the H-2A program. Well, I got a, I got a deal. Tenth uh, day of February, we turned our papers in. And we have not got the papers back so we can even apply for the visa, let alone fly them out of Peru. You can't. They think they're going to open up the airport in Peru on the 15th, mm-hmm. which will get me through Lamon. But, I mean, it's just... And, and I'm not the only one. Everybody that's a range lammer, you know, because our government would not listen to the producers. They have that system so screwed up. We can, uh, those guys have to go home at least 120 days early so they can qualify for the 90 days there. All right. Somehow they think this is temporary labor. Uh, if I had, to, I, we just went through what it cost me to get groceries in here, the miles. Can you imagine if every six months, I got brand new sheep herders, winter herders or summer herders, and I got to show them everywhere to go. I understand that, but in all fairness, the H2A program was created as temporary employees. No, it was not. It was created by the sheep people in the 1950s. Julian Arian was the president of the wool growers when they got it started because we could not get anybody to herd sheep because it's a very lonely, very isolated job. And we got it started. Then they added these other people to it. But only 2% of the people that qualify to use that program use it because of the complications of all the government agencies that you have to deal with on our side of the fence. No, right, so who hijacked it? Who who turned it into a temporary concept if that's not how it started? Some, get this. Some runaway sheep herders got them an advocate lawyer in Colorado and sued the program because it says right in there, and I don't know when they put that in there, temporary. Temporary. And so on that basis, it's no different than the, the people, the environmental groups, suing the BLM over a 
T not crossed or a, di- a dot, uh, I not dotted. They just sued they, and then they won. It says temporary, so they got to be temporary. So now they've changed the fees to $300 every six months to $852 per man every six months. And we have to re-up them every six months and we have to have a different job description for them. I mean, we complicated it with one word, temporary, an advocate group with illegal, alien, Peruvian, runaway sheep herders as their client. And all they're doing is destroying the program for the Peruvians and the Mexicans and the Chilean boys that come up here. And yes, it becomes a career. And yes, I need experienced labor. You would You've already tripled my cost. Now you want to quadruple them with me spending every day driving these people around that don't know how to herd sheep in America, don't know where to go, and don't know how to do it. Not to mention they mandated your minimum wage. Yep. Doubled it. Yeah. Doubled it. Right. As the price went down, I just talked to the wool buyer yesterday. Wool has dropped another dollar a pound. So... uh it will, at my operation, it will take away about $200,000 worth of income just because they can do it because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be it. They got 700,000 pounds of wool from last year backed up in the warehouse. And the people that buy wool for not only in China, but right here in America are sitting on their hands. Right. They're going to uh, make their. Okay. So explain to me. I mean, April is your shearing time. You always shear yep. a week before I come, and I ain't telling you when we're shearing. Don't so, try that one. I, so the, the question is: Do you have the opportunity to sit on that and store it like you would green? Can you do that? Okay, because it's because it's a cooperative. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can store it, but when you figure your bank interest, right, and the storage fees and everything like that, that price has got to go up. This may be the year that the price will go up if we get over this thing. But as long as we've got this uh, uh, absolutely anti anti uh, individual right swamp news media beating the drum about this thing every day, uh, we uh, may be forced to be held up for a year. I don't know. Okay, but I agree to that. Except China, you already told us earlier in the day that China, the virus has run its course. They're going to be getting back to business as usual. That's just the way a virus is going to work. I would think that that would, that would create a demand for things like wool because we've already complained that 80, 80 some percent of textile industries in China, they're going to be back to work before we are. I would think that would be in your advantage to just hang on to it for a while and, and wait it out. Trent, you got to quit smoking them sagebrush leaves. They're starting to get to you. Once you start, it's kind of like trying to get cooking oil. You just want more. <laughs> hey, it's it, there's, there's nobody that, that up the food chain is going to be your friend. They see a sign of weakness. They got uh-huh. more money to deal with. You don't think China at $20 a barrel oil is not mm-hmm. out there buying all the crude oil that they can stack away and putting it in probably in gallon cooking oil jars. I think we did too. I think the U.S. did as well. We're we're filling up. So if all of a sudden you can buy beef at JBS for Mm -hmm. 50% less, are you going to jump out and say, you know, I I like those hogs that Trent loses. Let's let's give him the old price for those pigs. 
Bull crap. It's the same way with the wool. They smell blood. You think they're going to jump out it's, and say, gosh darn that Hank Boger raises a nice crop of wool. Dave Little does, you know, after seven. Let's just go ahead and give them last year's prices. Bull crap. Until until the demand is there, until yeah. they have to pay it. And it's called leverage. You have to use your leverage, Hank Vogler. Partner with those guys and tell them we're not selling for less. It's that simple. I think a guy named Moppin did that in about 1917. Broke his buttocks. <laughs> oh, he was trying to keep all the wool Oh, the Boston. year before Spanish flu. There's always a virus involved. I don't know. I'm not sure of the year, but it was a long time ago. One of the biggest sheep outfits in the West, and he tried to corner the wool market. And when people used wool, didn't have synthetics, and, and it broke him. It broke him flat. Moppet or Moffat or something like that. Why would that be the function? Why did that happen? We should they be just, a better student of that. They outlasted him. They yeah. just said, have, you know, go pound sand, have a nice day. But anyhow, it didn't work. Well, I know that. And that's exactly why, as we have a lot of people now talking about investing in cow plants and wanting to get in the beef business ourselves, I can name, I personally know of four that did not work because of what you just described in wool. Uh, when you start doing something and start making a wave, Boom, they pounce on you and they outlast you because they've got the resources. The cooperative for slaughtering lambs declared bankruptcy. As of now, in the West, there is one place you can get your lambs slaughtered. Now, do you think that they're going to do anything nice for us or are they going to buy them as cheap as they can? That Western, they're trying to get that other That Western States Lamb Cooperative filed bankruptcy? Yep. Rosen and Sons or whatever it was back yeah. in New York or yeah. whatever. The, it was a co-op and they filed bankruptcy. Big guys or whatever, they're gone. So, yeah, it, it happens. But it half of it is, is our government goes along with the, with some of the big businesses because they can absorb those costs where the guy that wants to start out a business, right. he can't get in. Right. Well, so, I remember a guy coming home from China all excited about this brand new meat avenue that he was going to be marketing meat and chicken feet and everything else into China. Uh, it appears to me he's still driving 1,700 miles to get groceries to feed 20 men instead of selling chicken feet to China. Well, as they told me, it's brick and mortar. They have to be inspected and to get over there. And you call those people up and they go, they just either hang up on you or say, we already have that taken care of. Or you yeah. have to have over a million chickens a month to even put the brick and mortar together to even consider that. We grind it up and it goes into dog food. And and, and it all goes through and never stopped. That's the thing. The male bovine fecal matter is all this crap is crap. It all went through Hong Kong. Mm. They The meat never stopped going into China from the United States. Right. And by the way, I bought five pigs, Mr. Luce, had them butchered, and they're in the freezer, and the boys have chicken, <coughs> chicken, and pigs, and beef, and lamb. So I am, I feed my men. You give a man a good place to sleep, and a good meal, and you'll get more faith out of that, I don't care what you pay. 
That'll do it. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. One more time, reminding you about the opportunity with certified Piedmontese. We can talk about building a new plant or we can latch on to somebody that's in the marketplace doing it right. Certified Piedmontese at LoneCreekCattleCode.com. On behalf of Hank Vogler, I'm Trent Luce. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route.